0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Matt Splained, and my name is Rich Bradbury. Uncertainty—it's the way I approach every single encounter with Matt, uh, alongside uh, fear, uh, trepidation, and uh, my weapon of choice this week is a sharpened trident. <laughs> uh, today, I'm, I'm uncertain, Matt, whether or not we're, we're talking about quiet quitting, which is something you know that's, that's big, or, or, or WhatsApp, which is not so big in the news right now. But I could be wrong. Correct me. Which is it? Is well, it quiet quitting it, or WhatsApp?
1: Hey, Richard. Well, it's going to be both and i have to admit i do like the idea of seeing you with a trident i don't know why i just have that just gives me a really nice mental image it makes me feel happy um no so what what we're talking about today what we covered um in the last episode it's kind of a a continuation so we're talking about trends in employment so Mm. the last time we were speaking uh we talked about work in the context of messages and notifications. Uh, As usual, I ran out the clock before we got to speak about uh, efficiency properly. So obviously I was inefficient in talking about efficiency. Um, And that is a a topic that we will come back to on a future show, because uh, I think the idea of reaching peak efficiency in workplaces is actually A really interesting one to explore, Mm. Uh, especially as, you know, not just in terms of companies, but national economies are now giving more thought to resilience. They're giving more thought to spare capacity as a way to brace economies against internal and external shocks, which we've seen a lot of over the last few years. Oh, yes. but also um, because we have this sort of concurrent rise of tools like MidJourney. Now, I don't know, you know how many of our listeners have played with it yet. It's an AI text-to-image generator, which produces these stunning and slightly horrific mm-hmm. photorealistic images. You know, So we're getting to this place in the workspace where AI isn't merely assistive. It is starting to... You know go along that path of replacing and displacing
0: so um which is why whatsapp then might not be the most interesting place to start i can understand
1: well, I get that, you know, because it it sounds like, oh, we're just doing the usual suspects of technology. You know, let's mm. talk about an iPhone or let's talk about Facebook or Tesla. Uh, but this aspect is actually quite interesting because there are historical parallels. So on the last episode, we talked about productivity tools like Slack and ClickUp, and yeah. how managing them can quickly consume your job. So with some of the services, or at least the way some companies use them, you're spending as much time generating you know, boss-level feedback and validation <laughs> as you are doing any work. But we didn't talk too much about whatsapp which is probably the default network for your business and uh, inter colleague communications
0: yeah because it's that space where we see um the largest blurring of our work and our personal lives
1: I i think definitely it's one of them you know i get that You know, you might be one of the people who's left WhatsApp and gone over to Signal or Telegram or one of the alternatives. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep on using WhatsApp, but the same things apply to all the clones and the alternates. Now, I don't know if... uh, A lot of companies still block access to, you know, the main social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, that kind of thing, Um, because it's pretty pointless now, as most of us have phones with virtually limitless data plans. But I haven't heard of companies trying to control access to WhatsApp in the workplace. Partly, I think, because it's one of the tools companies use to intrude on our personal lives. Um, And this is where we see some connections to things like quiet quitting, but we'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's one of those few areas where you can be at work and you can say to your boss or a colleague that, oh, you know, I'm just replying some WhatsApps. And they can't really second guess whether you're doing something that's work related or something that's personal. Um, I mean, I'm not going to ask you to list any particular groups unless you want to volunteer them. But how many WhatsApp groups roughly do you think you belong to?
0: Do you, do you know when, honestly, I, I think probably around. And this is no exaggeration. 15 or 16.
1: Yeah, Um I mean, I'm not
0: surprised. And I hate it.
1: <laughs> no, I, absolutely. I, I I totally get that. Um and you know, I think I've said on the show before, I'm not really in that many. Um mm. there are only a couple of um non-work ones that I have that are really active. But most of the people I know are like you. Um, mm. They're in dozens of them. They're in friend groups and work groups. They're in family groups, neighbors' groups, community groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can start to feel like this enormous task just to stay on top of them all. And that's why I think there are these kind of historic parallels with Blackberries, with Blackberry devices.
0: Right. You know, yes. That,
1: that idea of being utterly consumed by text and email. Uh, so I was reading, a, it was an interesting piece, I think it was on The Guardian, about whether or not we've reached peak WhatsApp. And I think there may be something to that idea. You know, certainly over the pandemic, WhatsApp became this crucial little connector. Of course, the apps like Zoom, House Party, Clubhouse, they got more media attention, they got more fanfare. But I think WhatsApp was a much more kind of low impact way to stay in touch. Mm-hmm. You know, you could send someone a quick message or a gift just to let them know, you know, thinking about you, you could have a, a, a longer sort of chat thread with them once in a while. It was a way to feel like you were still in the loop when you were, you know, probably locked in an apartment on the 22nd floor. Mm-hmm. And it also became this sales network tool as well. You know, with a lot of stores shut, you started to see retail staff managing their own outreach networks, usually over things like WhatsApp, where they would do product demos, tutorials, and they'd tell you about, you know, any exclusive merchandise drops that were coming into the store.
0: Yeah. uh, And most of us are are still linked into that same network of groups and uh, and communication. But Why would you say it's peaked, though?
1: Well, there is this difference between peaked and declining. So Mm. outside of the pandemic, we need those tools less. We're doing uh, other things that might stop us from spending so much time on those groups. But I think companies are interested in reducing their reliance on the platform. Uh, The security side has been, if not rocked, then I think challenged by um, the emergence of things like the Pegasus hacking scandals. Mm -hmm. We're no longer as sure these communications are as safe as we assumed in the past. And at the same time, we've seen a lot of whistleblower reports and corporate leaks, and they all feature screen grabs or document trails of WhatsApp communications. So it might not be the place companies want their employees to be talking. You know, WhatsApp is great because it's free, it's widely used, and it has that massive distribution. But it's a tool that companies don't own or control. Mm -hmm. So there are often these gray areas with the kind of, not the commercial use of the platform, but the kind of enterprise use of the platform. You know, should confidential company documents be shared over WhatsApp or the other instant messaging networks, for example? Uh, How do companies factor these platforms into data retention policies, especially when employees are using personal devices and their own phone numbers to communicate on behalf of the companies. Mm. So when I say peak WhatsApp, I don't necessarily mean it's going away. Uh, With BlackBerry, we saw the shift in a different way. It, It went from ubiquity to indifference, but that was as much a hardware shift to smartphones as it was a behavioural shift. So I don't think we're going to see the same thing with WhatsApp, other than perhaps this kind of gradual attrition from competing platforms. But post-pandemic, I think we are seeing the usage patterns for the instant messaging platforms changing.
0: So how then does this lead us to the idea of um, quiet quitting?
1: Well, like I said at the start, the trends aren't necessarily linked, at least not directly. Um we haven't really covered the topic of the great resignation in any great detail on the show, partly because I assumed that that was being done on some of the more business focused shows on Mm-mm. BFM. But I do find this idea of quiet quitting fascinating, and you know, perhaps more directly linked to the cultural aspect of what we cover on the show uh, But before I start overlapping too many, concepts without explaining anything, which I know I have a habit of doing. Uh, The great resignation or the great reshuffle, that's a phenomenon that some business watchers have observed since uh, Mm mid-2021. And the crux of the concept is that workers who are fed up with their jobs Um, perhaps because of wage stagnation, perhaps because of working conditions, you know, lots of factors, Um, promises of promotions that that never come. So the idea is that these workers have left. So they've Mm -hmm. gone to start up that wilderness trekking company that they always (laughs) dreamed of doing, or decided that working nine to five in a Walmart is better than chasing dreams being dangled by their white collar employers.
0: Yeah, we, we covered it a lot on some of the, the business shows, and there was this real pushback um, about whether or not this thing w- was real or not.
1: Well, yeah, and uh, I mean, as you've said, you've covered that a lot, so I'm not going to go too deep into the weeds with this one. Uh, in a lot of sectors, you know, recruitment levels have bounced back, and that suggests that people were either taking time out or quickly discovered that they're self-created Worktopia was not quite as good as they thought it would be. Yeah. And they've decided to, you know, buy back into the rat race. Um, but there were other trends that we saw during the pandemic, uh, such as the enterprising individuals who took on two remote jobs and juggled meetings and deadlines um, to uh. actually keep two paychecks coming in. Right, And let's face it most of us are only average at what we do. Now, that might be an aptitude thing. It could be the amount of effort we put in. Um, But there are a lot of environmental factors in the workplace that make us kind of average at what we do.
0: Um, That's not something anyone wants to hear, though, Matt.
1: Well, of course not. You know, we all want to be exceptional, but as we've said before on the show, if we're all exceptional, then exceptional becomes the average. Mm. So, you know, I'm simultaneously exceptional average and the worst performer on this show because Mm. there's no one else to blame but me. So statistically, most of us have to be average at what we do. Uh, some enterprising individuals were able to juggle two jobs by slightly underperforming in both roles because Mm. that's the thing about averages. Some people exceed the average and others fall below it. So we don't know how widespread that particular trend became, partly because there are often civil legal implications in having more than one full-time job. Certainly you're going to be in breach of your contract With both companies. So it would be hard to track and quantify as it's not really in the interest of either the companies or the workers to detail how widespread that practice actually is.
0: And you thought quiet quitting was was part of the same trend?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, given the name, um, it is a a little deceptive. I thought quiet quitting was getting on with a new job without quitting from the previous one and Mm. just waiting for your Boss or HR to catch up with you and finally ax you. Um, that's kind of why it grabbed my attention. But in reality, quiet quitting just means doing your job. It means being average. It means yeah. not attempting to rise above. And I don't know if anyone else has uh, been following the the media attention of this trend, but especially in US, in the US, the business media is presenting quiet quitting as some kind of existential threat to capitalism. You know, as usual, I'm running out the the clock. So after the break, we'll look at what the trend means culturally um, and whether it is even a trend and why there is this group of people who hate the idea of some people just doing their jobs.
0: I've heard it referred to, Matt, as acting your wage. But there you go.
1: <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that.
0: I will take a short break here. And if you'd like Matt to quit quietly, now's the time to turn that dial. Otherwise, we'll see you after the break. This is Matt Splain here on BFM
1: 89.9. Bulldozing Fine Measures. BFM. The Business Station.
0: BFM 89.9 The Business Station. I'm Rich Bradbury. I'm on the phone stroke video thingy with Matt Armitage, of course, because this is Matt Splained. And I'm quiet quitting today. Just questions, no comments.
1: You know that that was actually a statement and not a question, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah, leave me alone.
1: (laughs) See, and I've caught you again. I've just got you to say something else that's not a question. Um, No, Uh, quiet quitting. So I watched a really entertaining video clip where Kevin O'Leary, the US entrepreneur and the featured investor on the reality show Shark Tank, Uh, describes quiet quitting as this colossal mistake, the biggest mistake any employee can ever make. And he even describes it as un-American behavior. Which is really weird because he's Canadian. He's not even American. <laughs> um, according to Wikipedia, he's got Irish and UAE citizenship as well. But what? it's really strange for him to accuse other people of their lack of commitment being an American. I didn't get it at all. Um, and I watched another uh, uh, another clip, and I can't remember what network it was on, unfortunately, where a pundit on a news network decried the trend because she thought it meant no one would bring in cupcakes on somebody else's birthday. Um, you know, so, so far, so much, it's just, you know, a manufactured news story for the cable news cycle, right?
0: I, I don't answer questions, remember?
1: There's just so much joy in this format for me. Um, is is quiet <laughs> quitting Even a thing. Well, the business papers are convinced it is. The Wall Street Journal and Bloomberg uh, are convinced that it's this threat if column inches are anything to go by. Uh, And as you, Richard, are currently on a go slow, um, just for Mm -hmm. the the listeners, Richard is eating a yogurt and uh, watching a video about a magic overdrive pedal at the moment. Uh Um, the popularization of the trend is attributed to uh, a number of root sources. Um, one of them is a TikTok back in July by a New York engineer called uh, Zaid Khan. Uh, I also saw another TikTok, and I've since lost it in the the fug of Quick Clips, but it was of a young guy on a call with his HR manager, and she was questioning his recent... Um, Poor performance in the workplace. And him responding that that was because he was no longer going to go above and beyond. And that was because of actions by the company uh, towards him. And he felt that he no longer had any obligation to do more than he was contracted to do. So as far as he was concerned, his performance hadn't fallen. He was just going to do his job and stick to
0: doing his job. Okay, I'm gonna ask a question now, is that all right? Um, (laughs) Is is there any evidence though to support that this is actually a thing?
1: There is, and I should just point out that I have watched the same video that Richard was watching. And if you are (laughs) into guitars, it is an incredible overdrive pedal. It can pretty much copy the output of any overdrive ever made. It doesn't clone them, it doesn't copy their circuitry. It just shapes the tone. So you can Mm. message either of us if you want to know what that overdrive (laughs) pedal is. Um, In terms of uh, research for quiet quitting, uh, the only hard evidence so far is a Gallup survey on the workplace that is conducted in the US every year. And it asks thousands of workers about their commitment to their jobs. And it would seem that uh, workers are slightly more disengaged in the latest survey than they have been. Uh, in the last few previous years. But as uh, the writer Derek Thompson points out in an Atlantic piece called Quiet Quitting is a Fake Trend, that engagement, uh, he points out rather that engagement rates have risen slightly every year over the last decade and that the current engagement rate is still higher than at any point from the years 2000 to 2014. So it falls within what any statistician might term that margin of error.
0: I mean, this show is often described as a marginal error. Is there really anything here for us to discuss?
1: Well, you know, I, I think that might have put you above your contractually obligated number of words for a show, actually. So um, <laughs> you are now officially failing to quite quit. Uh-huh. Um, But what I'm interested in is more that kind of TikTok side of things. Um, But before I get there, you know, we've seen countries bringing in legislation to restrict employers interfering in their staff's personal lives. So legislation that prevents them uh, contacting employees outside working hours, for example, especially at weekends, and even finding them in some instances for those late night messages. Um, or for trying to force people to work outside designated hours. Now, that kind of legislation still varies hugely from country to country. And long hours are more the norm in some countries than they are in others. So I I remember a media trip to Australia where I was dropped off at the hotel I was staying at after 5 p.m. I had no idea what the arrangements for the next day were. And nobody was answering their phones or messages because it was outside working hours. They'd all gone off to do Aussie things like, you know, surf some snags or barbie some breaks.
0: <laughs> it is sorry, is that something that slowed over the pandemic? Yeah, not, I know. Not the snagging the barbie breaks. You know, I, but, I know,
1: yeah. the idea of... um Surfing some snags is a difficult one to to get rid of, um, but you know certainly, I think with the increase in remote working um, the divides have been blurred even further because mm. we were choosing our own hours to an extent, so we right. could take a two hour break for lunch, for example, and then work into the evening to compensate so sometimes it 's more about the spirit of the legislation than st- the strict enforcement in some cases, I think and that was something that a lot of people working remotely complained about not so much in terms of pressure that they were receiving from their colleagues or their bosses but there wasn't enough of a divide between their kind of work and their home personas mm-hmm. but the kind of flip side of that is at the, as we've seen offices reopening We've found that workers don't want to lose that flexibility. They don't want to voluntarily return to offices full time. So what I'm more interested in is whether quiet quitting is part of a generational shift, um, because the pandemic was kind of the cutoff point for the cultural dominance of millennials in the workplace.
0: Is this your rise of the Zoomers moment? Well, I should probably do that in a big voice, shouldn't I? Rise of the Zoomers, maybe. Maybe not.
1: And I'm really hoping that in post production Richard puts some echo and some sound <laughs> effects around that as well so that it's really impressive. Um but but yeah, I mean in a sense that's true. Millennials are approaching middle age. You know, the youngest millennials are in their sort of mid to late 20s. The cutoff points for the the generations vary, but roughly speaking, it's kind of accepted that anyone born between 1997 and 2012 belongs to Gen Z. So 2019 onwards was where we really saw that that first influx of um, post college Zoomers into the workforce, and of course that came a little bit earlier for you know non college graduates from the generation. Mm. Um, the millennial years have been shaped by that, you know, that culture of hustling, the idea that your title is more important than your salary, that you're always looking to progress and you're always looking for the next jump, the next company. And that's very much a kind of startup style mentality that's been translated across the wider workforce. Um and again, you know, that's one of the reasons for covering this on a, a tech show. It's that idea of working hard now for that big payoff in three or five years' time. But that's the thing that brings us back to these averages.
0: Matt, I've got to ask you a question. I mean, I'm sorry, but do you think your ability, quote unquote, uh, to turn human experiences into <laughs> statistical irrelevance is is a little bit disturbing?
1: Uh, I like your ability, quote unquote, um, to uh, make statements into questions. So your commitment to quiet quitting is very much appreciated. Um, but statistically, that big payoff isn't going to happen simply because it can't. Because for the big payoff to happen for some, it has to be absent for even more. But that's right. the kind of economic idea that we've been sold over the last 10 to 15 years. Do more. Go above and beyond, and you will succeed. But increasingly, workers are finding that their above and beyond is a recipe for burnout rather than success. And that the more they contribute, the more their bosses expect them to contribute.
0: Which brings us back to this uh, being a trend that managers uh, live in fear of.
1: Well, yeah, if the performance of your department is built on unsustainable resources, then of course you're going to live in fear of the downswing. Mm. Uh, It's like a a Planet Money podcast that I listened to this week. So they were talking about the certainty of ordinary people that we're already in a recession, even though the majority of economic indicators point to economies still being relatively robust. Um, And they quoted from of course, a TikTok business expert, because TikTok is everything. Um, and, And that expert has termed this a vibe session. And I really like that idea because it has the vibe of a recession without the hallmarks or so far the economic impact. So it's just this kind of perception that we're in a recession rather than us actually being there and i think quiet quitting could be the same it's the end of a cycle of pushing of people pushing themselves to do much more than they're getting paid to do and getting back to just doing the job that they are being paid to do
0: i i, I just want to look at did you just say you like the phrase vibe session
1: i do i think it's uh, i think it's actually quite uh, um a a descriptive term for the situation we find ourselves in
0: okay okay um anyway getting back to the, the job that people are just being paid to do why, why do you think that scares employers so much
1: Partly, I think, because it's a change in the power dynamics. So we're seeing an increasingly activist working culture. Uh, After decades of decline, we're seeing a lot more interest in things like workers' collectives and unionization. And that's why I mentioned the hustle culture of millennials, because that's much more focused on the individual. The idea that, you know, if you do well, if that thing you're building succeeds, then you will be rewarded. So. I think this is potentially that generational shift.
0: So uh, are you saying um, you think Zoomers are slackers?
1: Well, I mean, look at the two of us. We've got a bit of hustle, but there's probably Uh. a bit more Netflix. Um, (laughs) And, you know, there's there's a few years between us in age as well. So, you know, you're less connected to that kind of traditional Gen X slacker culture uh, than I am. And you're more connected to that kind of hustling millennial culture. Um, you're a lot closer to that generational cusp than I am. You know, you're practically an '80s baby, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, so it's it's not so much that Zoomers are slackers. Um, you know, we've done quite a few shows in the past about. Gen Z being the first truly digital native generation, Mm. the first generation to think of society in terms of different groups of networks, networks Mm. of friends, of family, to see their lives through the prism, kind of like a WhatsApp group. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, You know, Uh, yeah,
1: you see, you asked me, uh, you asked me how these things were linked. And that's it, quiet quitting and WhatsApp groups, there's a cultural link there.
0: So there is a more natural lean towards um, collectivization.
1: I think that's part of it. Um, You know, seeing yourself as a cog in the machine rather than that critical component. But also, I think, which is equally important, being less concerned about what happens to the machine or accepting that at some point that the machine is just going to be obsolete. So there's not much point doing any more than you have to to keep it running. It's also interesting because the Zoomers are only just starting to flood into the kind of white-collar workplaces that the Kevin O'Leary's of the world are popping veins over. Mm
0: -hmm. We still
1: have another decade to see how working culture morphs under their influence. And I think, interestingly, what kind of battles there are going to be between Gen Y bosses and their Zoomer staff, because the Kevin O'Learys are mostly Gen Xers. So we haven't really seen yet how those direct generational workplace battles are going to shape up. You know, the individual hustlers versus the collective activists. I think that's going to be really interesting.
0: So, in the in the meantime, then, uh, wh- what do we do about quiet quitting?
1: I mean, just sit back and enjoy the ride, um, because it mostly seems to be a boss level creation anyway. I mean, the whole bring cakes to work on your birthday thing, that's cool if you enjoy it, but it's absolute torture if you're not the kind of person who's into it. Um, I'm one of those people who hates the idea of workplace team outings. I've never gone on a company trip in my life. And it's not because I don't like the people I work with, it's because I find the idea of those events very forced. And they're usually designed with some, you know, nebulous team-building aim that's designed to make you more effective and efficient as a group. When really Instead of doing that, you'd rather have a, a bigger bonus and get more time to spend at home. So when I hang out with the people I work with, it's because I like them. It's because I enjoy their company. And that to me is much better than some self-imposed mandate for forced jollity over, I don't know, iced sweets. Um Ultimately, you know, it comes back to resilience, and that's what we discussed a mm. couple of shows back. Mm. Forcing workers to go above and beyond is ultimately a poor planning decision. We're seeing the benefits of building resilience. We're seeing the benefits of building spare capacity back into our business models, because it allows those businesses to scale up to face adversity. So doing your job isn't doing your employer a disservice. It's helping them to plan rationally for those unforeseen shocks, or giving them the nod to replace you with AI
0: wow um thanks for that matt
1: oh that was my pleasure
0: now um where can people hear um more about this
1: Uh, If you want to hear more, you can subscribe to CulturePop's Substack newsletter. That's at culturepop.substack.com. It's free and it comes out uh, a couple of times a week. Um, And you'll notice I was saying about three times a week a few weeks ago. And we're looking at a couple of times a week now. Or you can go over to www.culturepop.com where you can uh, find shows, uh, these shows and transcripts and all that kind of information.
0: And if you missed this particular show as well, you can head over to uh, wherever you normally get your podcast from, or you can download the BFM app and stream it from there. It's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. My time to quit for today. Um, This has been Matt Splend here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station.